Welcome to the Mustang UMC podcast recorded each Sunday morning during our 8.30 and 10.50 a.m. services. We invite you to join us in praise and worship during that time, and our hope is that this podcast serves as an encouragement for you and for your family in your daily life. And so our scripture today comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 through 11. Let us give our attention to the reading of God's holy word. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. Now, there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are a variety of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all and everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the ability to distinguish between spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. And to another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. You all may be seated. Let us pray. And so, Lord, we do pray that your spirit of wisdom would be upon us, that we may hear, receive your truth as it is for us this day. Lord, give insight and truth, hope, healing, as you would have it to be. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have you ever felt helpless? Um, I I imagine you have. I I joked earlier about the OU game. I imagine there were some of you when it was 28 to 7 were feeling pretty helpless. But apparently, um, the the call for the backup quarterback transferred all the way from Oklahoma down to Dallas, all right? Um, the, The voices gathered in unity, right? Sometimes we can feel helpless watching something and there's nothing we can do about it. Maybe your kid's in a spelling bee. This hasn't been our situation, but I can only imagine... When your kid gets a word in the spelling bee and you're watching that and you know how to spell the word, but you're, you're not sure if they do and you're just praying or hoping or somehow sending them it's E before I or I before E, whichever one it's supposed to be, right? You're just feeling helpless. You want to do something, but you cannot do it. Maybe there's a, a task at work and it just seems like there's no way that can possibly be done. A relationship that you feel is no way that it can possibly be mended. We just find ourselves feeling helpless. So often we find ourselves helpless as it deals with medical situations. Our our oldest son, Micah, was probably four. He just turned 12 earlier this week. Um, And uh, so he he tells us, he said, Mom and Dad, I'm going to be a teenager in a year. And then he says, "Um, and I'm going to be 16 in four years and can drive. And we tell them, you better be quiet, son. <laughs> right? Like these things, they just seem so real. So he was probably about four years old. 
and Heather and I, we got a call from Heather's mom, and Micah was staying uh, the night with her, and, and she said, don't be alarmed, which you know exactly what that does, right? We're just alarmed all of a sudden. Oh, don't be alarmed. Um, but um, Micah cannot walk. Huh? She said he, he crawled. Um, where he would sleep would be on the other side of the house. He crawled to my bed this morning because he could not walk. What do you do when your son can't walk? Right? Um, so we, we got in the car. We had to carry him everywhere we went. Got him, put him in the car, and uh, went to the doctor. The doctor said, um, well, you need to go to the hospital. So we went to the hospital. And just feeling so helpless as a dad, like you want to take care of your kid. But there was nothing we could do. Just feeling absolutely helpless, hoping that somebody would do something. We did what helpless people do. We prayed. We asked questions. And, um, and so that night, um, he still couldn't walk. He was in the hospital room. Heather stayed there with him, and I took our other son, Kaysen. We went home. We stayed the night um, at our house, a very kind of sleepless night. And I got up early the next morning, and Kaysen and I went to the hospital. And what did I find when I got there? But, but Micah standing up. And, and just the joy that, that filled us up. And, uh, um, you know, we, we found out later he had this thing called toxic synvititis, which sounds terrible. Like, what in the world is that? What it is, is from what I remember, is that he had some sort of infection that started probably like an upper respiratory thing and then settled in his hip that prevented him from walking. And so once that got healed, he was good. Um, but there was a couple of things that it could be. Um, but we just felt absolutely helpless in that situation. We felt that way about a month ago as, a, as an extended family. Many of you prayed for our niece, Sophia. She's in fourth grade, and um, she had had a variety of health things. Weren't really sure exactly what was going on, but um, what we heard during the end of a week is that she just got, kept getting worse. Uh, she was in the hospital, and then she went into the kids' ICU, and then she had to be intubated, and, and we were just wondering, what is going on? Felt so helpless. I happened to be in, in Tulsa for a meeting one of those days when she was in the hospital. And so sometimes they let pastors do stuff they don't let regular people do, all right? We may not actually be closer to Jesus, but sometimes people feel that, that we are. So, um, so they get us to do things. And so I thought, well, maybe I'll get to go to the hospital and maybe I can see her. So I, I go up, uh, I go to the hospital and I, I tell the guy at the desk, I'm a pastor here to see a patient. I didn't say I was her pastor. All right, I don't want to lie. She goes to another church up in Tulsa, but I said, I'm a pastor here to see a patient. Everything's true, all right? And so he said, oh yeah, come on up. I was like, hey, step one, made it pass. So then I get up to the, the nurse's station and I, I called the, uh, they, say, they, they said, pick up the phone. So I picked up the phone and I called. I said, I'm, I'm a pastor. I'm here to see so-and-so. Um, you know, they're in room such and such. Because sometimes if you know the information, they feel like you know what you're doing, all right? And so um, they said, just one second. And I was like, no, you know? Um, and so they came back and they said, well, we're not going to be able to let you through. Um, they said, there's only two people out in the room and they're already back there. And I was like, okay, helpless, right? Can't do anything. Can't even go to the room. Can't, can't lay hands. Can't pray. So Sunday morning, um, I remember our, our family, we, we came here to the altar, the four of us, and we just prayed that, that it would, there would be a turnaround, that something would happen, something would change, that God, that healing would happen. That night, we, we went up to, to, to Tulsa and um, we had a little prayer vigil. We could do that. We, we, we may not be able to get in the hospital, but we can stand outside the hospital. And we stood outside the hospital as family and friends, and we prayed for her healing. And, and we believe that God healed her. Um, she had a thing, and I can't remember it. And even if I could remember it, I wouldn't pronounce it right. Um, but what we found out later, because she had sepsis and other 
um, serious issues that was going on, that it had a 50% mortality rate. Now, I don't know why she was healed and other people weren't. That's not the sermon today. I don't even know if I have that sermon. Um, But I'm just so thankful for everybody who gets healed. I'm so thankful that she got healed. Um, and, And this feeling of helplessness often leads us to Jesus. Because we are people who tend to be prideful, who tend to be stubborn, who tend to think that we can do everything. And we sometimes need this feeling of helplessness to remind us that we are incapable, that we do not have the power, and that we need Jesus. That sometimes this weakness, this feeling that you feel, could actually be a gift from God because it allows his grace and his goodness to come through. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 says these words, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. So if we want real power, it doesn't come through our own strength. It comes through God's strength. And it comes in which we are often helpless or feel incapable or weak. Now, we can get God's power when we feel normal or when we feel strong, but we often don't choose to. What would it look like if we were the kind of people who, whether we felt weak or strong, we came to Jesus with the same sort of desperation, believing that he wants to give us good gifts, good gifts. In the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5, and uh, it, Jesus says, I think it's five and maybe six, but he says something to the extent of, if you then who are evil know how to give good gifts for your children, he doesn't call us evil very often, all right? But he does this time. If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more does your heavenly father know how to give good gifts to his children? And so we believe that our God is a gift giver. He wants to give us gifts. Are we in a place to receive them? And you may be one of those kinds of people who is hesitant to receive the good gifts from God. If you are one of those people who, who just shiver at the thought of being complimented, when people are going around a room and they're saying nice things to you, you're just like, be quiet. You know, maybe if somebody writes you a card and says nice things about you, you don't even read it. You don't receive some of the good gifts from humans. Maybe it's hard for you to receive the good gifts from God. But God wants to give you good gifts for you and for others to experience the love and the power of God. And so today I want to talk about spiritual gifts and what those are and how those are good gifts from the Father. Now, the the word that is translated as gift in the New Testament here is is the word that we get um, charisma or charismatic. It literally means grace gifted, that these are grace gifts, spiritual gifts are grace gifts from God for us. And so today I want to talk about spiritual gifts, but I need to just zoom out for just a second, all right? And I want us to understand spiritual gifts in the context of the gifts that God gives. So next week, we're going to be talking about the fruits of the Spirit, all right? And what I believe is that the fruits of the Spirit are God's ordinary movements of the Spirit in the lives of people. So the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. All right, I learned a kid's song when I was like seven, and it's stuck in ever since then, all right? And so here, these are the fruits of the Spirit. They are God's ordinary movements. Those gifts are available to all of you. Now, you may be thinking, Aaron, you have not met my husband. He is not a patient person at all, all right? It is not ordinary for him to be patient. He can be. You can be. It is a normal way in which God moves and forms us, all right? 
how do we know we are living with Jesus is if we grow more patient, more loving, more joyful. But that's next week. I'll come back to that. What I want to talk about now is the spiritual gifts, all right? Because the spiritual gifts, all right, are God's extraordinary movements of the Spirit. The fruits of the Spirit are available to everyone, all right? Spiritual gifts are extraordinary movements of the Spirit, and different ones are available to different people at different times, all right? And so everybody can be love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Not everybody is going to receive words of knowledge, prophecy, tongues, all right? They're extraordinary movements of the Spirit designed for the church and for people to know God, all right? So here's how I understand spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts are God's extraordinary work in you, through you, and beyond you. So first it happens in us. All right, it is a way in which God is communicating, God is gifting us, he is providing something in us. But it's not just for us, all right? It's really a weird gift, all right? Imagine going to a birthday party, all right? And you open up a present and you say, oh, this is for you. That never works, all right? Try it at your next eight-year-old's birthday party, all right? Give them gifts and then say, okay, you have to give it to somebody else. All right, this is very, in some ways, unnatural. Um, but, but these are spiritual gifts. Is they're not just for you to receive, they're for other people to receive as well. So it's something you receive, but it flows through you, and it's always beyond you. It is more than you can do in the moment, all right? It's more than you have the capability to do. Spiritual gifts always go beyond us. It's extraordinary, beyond the ordinary things to do. And it's for the purpose, all right, of building up the church and to demonstrate God's love and power in the world. Right? And so uh, one of the things that this passage talks about multiple times in the same spirit for unity, it continues on through the rest of 1 Corinthians 12 about the, um, the, the body. We are our one body, so the hand doesn't say to the foot, I don't need you. That's later on in this chapter. It's all about the unity of the church, that one gift isn't better than another. One gift isn't, it doesn't mean God likes this person better than another we need all of these gifts as a church body and as people to grow in faith. This is part of what it means to have spiritual gifts. We need each other. And it also is a demonstration of his love and power. Because when Jesus came into this world, he came to demonstrate the power and the goodness of God. And so all throughout the Gospels, all throughout Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we see God doing amazing and extraordinary things through Jesus Christ. He would heal people. He would provide words. He knew what was going on in the life situations of people that he had never met before. He did demonstrations of his power. This brought people to Jesus, these signs and these wonders. And it continued in the book of Acts. All these regular people, these disciples who really honestly weren't the holiest of people, they still did these amazing things as signs and wonders that demonstrated God's love and power. And what we believe is that that mission continues. I say we believe it, but I think sometimes we're hesitant because we think, okay, God, you did that then, but, but do you still do it now? Because I haven't seen the blind see. I haven't seen the lame walk. I'm really, and when I do see it, all right, and I'm watching TV and I see all these people fall down, all right? I've never made anybody fall down. Maybe I should try, all right? But, um, you know, I see this and I'm really just skeptical. Is, is our spiritual gifts, especially these big demonstrations of power, are they real today? Chuck Horton, who came and preached at our healing service last night, this is one of the things he says, is that God is as real as he's ever been. God is as loving as he's ever been. 
And God is as powerful as he's ever been. Do you believe that? Do you believe that God is as real and as loving and as powerful as he's ever been? And if so, then why couldn't he continue to do the things that he's done throughout history in powerful and amazing ways? And so I believe that God gives these spiritual gifts to us so that to show his love to us and to demonstrate his power. And so how do you know what your spiritual gifts are? Now, um, I'm going to go through the spiritual gifts that are listed here um, in just a, a minute, but um, you may have taken a spiritual gifts assessment. I think there's some value to that. Um, but I, I want us to know a few things. First is, is that we don't exactly know what all the spiritual gifts are, all right? Because there's no one grand list that says this is the great list of spiritual gifts. Paul, who wrote multiple lists, all right, he had some things in one and then didn't have it in another place. It was really confusing. So what we have are examples of spiritual gifts and some lead spiritual gifts, but it's not all exclusive. Now, sometimes, and for some people, our spiritual gifts are consistent and in alignment with who we are naturally, all right? And so let me give you an illustration of a way to think about it, um, of what your spiritual gift might be um, based on kind of who God created you to be. Um, and I got this from my former pastor, uh, Wade, and, and I just thought, okay, this is really good. So let's imagine you're sitting at a table with about five other people and somebody spills their milk, all right? Um, now, there's no use crying over spilled milk, right? You've learned that long, long time ago, um, but there is learning we can do from it. And so, he, so depending on how you would respond in this situation, so imagine somebody spills the milk, what do you do? If you have, all right, the gift of mercy, what you might do is you might turn to the person and you might say something like, I'm sorry that this happened, all right? Don't worry about it, we'll be okay. All right, gift of mercy. So that's some of you. Your immediate response would be right to that person that would be there. There would be other people who would leave immediately to go to get paper towels to help clean up the mess, all right? That's some of you. Um, that your, your immediate spiritual gift would be acts of service or gifts of service in that way now there'd be some of you around the table who would be like ah, don't worry you'll do better next time you won't ever spill that milk again i believe in you right you have the gift of exhortation or encouragement all right and then there's some weirdos of you out there i say weirdos because this is not me at all who would be sitting there and you'd be sitting back and you'd be looking at the table and you'd say i know what we're gonna do so that nobody ever spills milk again if we arrange the table this way then nobody will ever spill milk again. You may have the gift of administration. Now, again, it always has to be beyond you. I think this is really important, all right? So that it's not just, oh, naturally, but there's something more that God gives than what might be there. And sometimes God does things that are outside um, our natural abilities, all right? So last Sunday, as I was leaving church, um, last Sunday night, um, Chuck Horton and his wife Nancy said, Aaron, you have the gift of being a seer. Now, I've been in church and been in, with God my whole life. I had no idea what they meant by that, all right? So they said, just look it up. So I did what you would do. I Googled gift of seer. What does that mean? And, um, and so I read a few different things. But one of the things is it says the gift of seer sees beyond what is there into a reality that is under the surface. Um, and, and, and I thought about that. And, and so the next day I was talking to my staff about our healing service and about what had happened. And um, I said, I got the gift of seer, which really sort of struck me because I am really not the most perceptive of sometimes what's happening right in front of me. 
And they all laughed at me, and they said, Aaron, you're right. You're not always the most perceptive, all right? There could be two people who like each other in a room, and I'd have no idea, all right? Others of you can pick that up. I can't, apparently, all right? And so here, um, but God sometimes gives me the ability to see beyond what is there, to perceive at a spiritual level what is not necessarily tangible there is the way I understand it. That goes against some of my natural instincts or gifts. One of the things that I know is it has to be a gift from God because it's not me. So sometimes our spiritual gifts align with us. Sometimes they can actually be very different. All right, so let me walk through these gifts that are listed because I think it's important to understand the variety of spiritual gifts. And maybe as you read this, all right, um, I'm just gonna pray that, that God would just reveal something to you. And so maybe there's a word that's gonna just jump out at you on our, on our screen. Maybe there is something that is just going to just hit you. Um, maybe, it's your, maybe you recognize it in your spouse or in your family member, something that, that God may say, this is your gift, all right? So let's be open to that. So the first is words of wisdom. This is revelation from God into human situations, all right? That these words of wisdom or utterances of wisdom that sometimes, and again, as I go up through this, some people have the gift that continues, and sometimes we get the gift for a moment, um, that, that sometimes we can have the gift of the words of wisdom. And, and maybe it's just you're, you're sitting and you're listening and you're able to just sort of process this and God gives you a word that's beyond your understanding. And you say, have you thought about it this way? Or maybe this. Or maybe you're able to ask just the right question. There are some people who their words of wisdom are really questions that they ask people. And that can be a, a gift. You might have the, the gift of the words of wisdom or we need that gift in the church oh, what if we looked at it from this angle? Revelation from God into these human situations. There's a complexity, all right? But in that complexity, there is a sense of simplicity and wisdom that sometimes comes. And so we need those kinds of people. Now, the next one it says is utterances of knowledge or words of knowledge. Now, this one is where some things, sometimes things get weird. All right, so my friend Chuck, who was here, who preached last night, and I, I, or who preached last Sunday, he came prepared with what he believed were words of knowledge, that God had told him places in people's bodies that were physically hurting. I know it sounds weird, but I've seen him do it enough, and I've seen evidence of this enough to realize that this is a gift that he has. And so he came, and, and he said, well, um, I believe that the Spirit is saying that somebody's, the bottom of their right foot is hurting. Now, that's weird, y'all, all all right? I don't have a list of body parts today, all right, to bring to you. And so uh, he kind of looked around the room, and nobody raised their hand, all right? Um, And then there was was one person, and and he he was like, he was pretty skeptical, too. He was like, you know, it's me, you know, the bottom of my right foot. But that was was from from God, and so they prayed. And and then Chuck had this other weird one, and um, he said, I had a scratchy thing around my eye. Like, that's oddly, weirdly specific. That somebody had a scratchy thing around their eye. Somebody, actually two people raised their hand. That's me. I talked to one of them today in the hall. He said, Aaron, my eye is better. Word of wisdom, word of knowledge. Earlier today, um, as I was praying in our early service, I heard the word sister. So I don't know if that's from God or not, but as I prayed, I said, I just feel like that maybe somebody needs to hear the word sister. And somebody texted me and they said, Aaron, that was me. I don't know exactly how this works, but I believe it's often a reminder, these words of knowledge that that God is listening, he knows our needs, and he is reaching us exactly where we are, all right? 
And so some of you may, may get this. And so what I would often do in situations is I'd say something like, I don't know if this is from the Lord or not, but this is what I'm hearing. This is what I'm sensing. This is what I'm feeling. It may be from God. It may not be. It's a little weird, but, but of course God can do something in us, through us, and beyond us more than we can ask, think, or even imagine. All right. So we're moving on. Faith is another gift, a spiritual gift of faith. Extraordinary trust in God's provision. Now, the gift of faith that we have to follow Jesus is really important, but there's more that sometimes happens, all right? There, was, uh, there may be some of you who then, when it was 28 to 7, you went to mow your yard. I know two people who went to mow their yard, all right? They do not have the gift of faith, all right? There's others of you out there who, when it was 28 to 7, you're like, I still believe, all right? The gift of faith. We, there are people who, um, who have this extraordinary confidence that God can still move. That even though the obstacles don't look like it, they still trust and believe. Extraordinary trust in God's provision. And they are a beacon of light that moves all of us forward. That can be a great and wonderful gift for the church. Yes, it looks dark, but God's light is brighter, and I trust and I believe. Then there's the gift of healing. Some have the spiritual gift of healing. I I mentioned our our friend Chuck. I believe that he has the spiritual gift of healing. Um, and that when, if, if you were to say, Aaron, would you pray for me? I'd say, absolutely, I'd be glad to pray for you. And I've prayed for people, and, and, and they've been, and, and healing has occurred. But Chuck is more likely, all right? I may have like a 5% success rate. He may have like a 25 or 40% success rate, all right? So we're going to have him pray for you and lay hands on you. Because he has the gift of healing. There are people who do that. I believe there are people in this room who have the gift of healing. We just don't know it because we haven't tried it. And so maybe there, I believe, again, according to his word, if we believe that the Bible matters here, we believe that he gives gifts to communities of faith, and there are people who have the gift of healing. And so maybe we should try praying and laying hands on each other and praying for healing to happen to find out. Now, sometimes people who have the gift of healing, they talk about burning hands. That's never been my experience, all right? But it has been other people's experience, that their hands feel like they're burning. All right, again, I've been around some weird people, y'all. And they're like, all right, my hands are burning. Who do I need to lay hands on, all right? That's not always the best approach, but if you have that gift, you can use it to be able to bring healing and wholeness. God's power and love bringing wholeness. It's an evidence and a sign and a wonder of his healing touch. It continues with miracles. These are demonstrations of God's power. Um, in the first service, I told the story of a, a guy, his name was Joseph Bias. Now, Joseph uh, was at our church in Tulsa, Joseph sang at Martin Luther King Jr.'s funeral. Amazing. Has this great baritone voice, incredible gift of God. Um, Joseph, at one point in time, was told that he would never be able to sing again. His vocal cord was, um, something had happened, I don't remember the whole story, but he wasn't able, wasn't going to be able to sing, and he couldn't sing at that time. And, And for a period of time, he was not able to sing. This was a person whose life was built upon singing, and now he can't sing. What do you do? And so people would pray for his healing. They prayed for his healing. Sometimes praying happens instantly. Sometimes it's, it's uh, gradual, all right? And so they prayed, they prayed. One day he was just in, um, he was in the bathroom and he saw himself in the mirror and he just started singing. He went to the doctor. The doctor said, well, your vocal cord is fine. I guess you had an unexplained medical phenomenon. And he said, no, I had a miracle. Miracles happen. I trusted and believed it, all right? Because... They're real. They may be rare, but they're real. The next gift is the gift of prophecy. This is the ability of God's truth being spoken through a person. 
I know that this is a gift that God gives because here's what some of you have told me on the time. Is you said, Aaron, I feel like you and Alexa are listening to my conversations. Because what you said is exactly what I needed to hear. It, it just fit my situation just perfectly. I am not listening to your conversations. I won't speak for Alexa, all right? But I am not listening to your conversations. But the Lord sometimes will speak words that I don't even know. He'll speak truths that I have no clue about. But something through what I communicate will, will go through people. And it's not just me. This happens. This is the gift of the church. But sometimes we can say, I feel like God may be wanting you to know this. I feel that this may be something. I don't know. I'm not sure. But, but maybe this is a word. It, it's truth that always aligns with Scripture. That's really important. All right, but there's something that God is communicating. Now, this next one is discernment, or it also talks about um, discerning between spirits. Arden talked about last week how there's the Holy Spirit and there's other spirits. Um, and this is the ability to distinguish. All right, ooh, this is actually from God. Or, ooh, that, one, I, that, doesn't, that, that one's not from God. There are gifts to be able to understand, especially when there's mixed messages out there. We need people who have that ability to decipher clearly God's truth in a complex situation. Now we get to one of our favorite ones, all right, which is the gift of tongues. All right, now, now there are some of you who are like, Aaron, I've been waiting since I heard it in the scripture reading for you to address it. What is he going to say about tongues? All right, now some of you may have grown up in churches where tongues was very common, all right? And so tongues are messages from God given beyond languages. So for some of you, Tongues, very normal. There's others of you who are like, tongues, you guys are weird, all right? One way or another, we often have strong feelings of, about this. There are really sort of three ways in which I understand the gift of tongues. The first way that I understand the, the gift of tongues is what happened in Acts chapter 2, that people were given um, uh, the disciples, the Holy Spirit came upon the disciples, and they began to speak in other languages. That's the gift of tongues, is that people speak in a language in which they do not know. Now, also, all right, um, there's other ways. Then in a worship context, somebody might be given a public gift of tongues. I've never seen it happen, but I believe that it could, where um, I could start speaking in tongues or somebody could start speaking in tongues. For everybody else, it feels unintelligible, but there is somebody out there who says, oh, I hear it, and this is what this message from God is, and that's that interpretation of tongues that happens. Now, there also is a private prayer language. This is what we see most often, um, which is with groans and utterances of the Holy Spirit. And so that sometimes we, we don't have the words. This is translinguistic, that, that the Holy Spirit gives us words beyond what we know or understand, this private prayer language. All of these happen, all right? Now, um, this doesn't mean that you have to have this. I know people who, who they say, oh, you've got to speak in tongues. No, you don't. That's not biblical. To some are given the gift of tongues, to others not. doesn't mean you're God's favorite if you spoke in tongues. It doesn't mean God doesn't like you if you haven't. It. It's a gift that's given to some. All right? And so we, we have this. But it also does happen. And that it can be a beautiful thing. But again, it's designed for its specific purpose. And I think sometimes people misuse the gifts. And that's when we find ourselves in trouble. When we feel like we are better because we've got this gift or we don't have that gift. That's not the way from God. So what do we do? How do we, how do we move forward? I believe that God has given these gifts to the church and others. All right, there's multiple ways, multiple lists. There are things. What is it that God is doing in you, through you, and beyond you? How do you see that? How do you see it in other people? That may be the best gift you can give is that you can say, hey, you may have this spiritual gift. Have you ever thought about it? 
talking to people who you've been around may be one way. In our scripture, and, and we may have overlooked it, it says these words, all these are empowered by the one and same spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. Spiritual gifts are gifts. Spiritual gifts are given by God. If you don't have one, that's okay. If you have one, you're not better than other people. What we want to do is cultivate the gifts, but we don't want the gifts to be sources of pride. Man, I feel really good because I had this word of knowledge. No, it's a gift from God. And I'm thankful that I can be a conduit of God's grace and goodness. The most important gift that the Holy Spirit gives was sneakily hid in 1 Corinthians 12, 3. It says these words, No one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. The most important gift is not any of those things that I listed. The most important gift is the ability to say that Jesus is Lord. That that is, you did not just come up with that. If you've made a confession of faith, if you said, Jesus, I want to follow you as my Lord and Savior, you didn't just come up with the aha moment, he is God. That was gifted to you by the Holy Spirit. He revealed that truth to you and that you speak on behalf of that gift. It's, it is said that we love because he first loved us. And everything we do is in response to God's goodness. And so today, as we kind of come to this time of prayer, if you've never said Jesus is Lord, and you want to say that, if that is stirring in your heart, if that's burning in your soul, that Jesus is Lord, then we'd love for you to say yes to Jesus today. We'd love for you to make a commitment of faith to say that I want to follow Jesus and we'll see it as a gift, not of my preaching, not of the music we had, not of anything else, but a gift of the Holy Spirit who met you right where you are and said, Lord, I need you and Lord, I believe. And so we're going to have a little bit of time of prayer here and I want to do things a little bit differently today. Um, We're going to have people and, and we'd love for you to come forward and pray, but we're also starting what we're calling the pastoral prayer line. And so if you're watching this online, or even if you're here in the room, if, if there is something that, that you want prayers for from um, one of our pastors, then you can text this number. It's 405-367-3139. 405-367-3139. You can text it at any time. And we're going to respond to you. This is a way for us to be able to connect. Because I know that there are people out there who are, you want to move forward, but your heart and your feet aren't agreeing. Or you're watching and you need to reach out, but it's hard to reach out. If you text this number, we'll get back with you. A couple weeks ago, I, I, um, when I was preaching on what are you afraid of, and I gave people my cell phone number, I had people who were watching us online who reached out and texted. And I just think, hey, there are people that God is stirring, and so maybe you have a question, maybe you have a need. Uh, we, we want you to feel free to do that. And so I'm going to open us up. We're going to have a little time of prayer before we sing our, our closing song. And so if you need a text, you can do that. If you need to come forward to the altar, you can do that. But just be with God and receive the gift of the Spirit. So let us pray. Lord, right now I just pray for us gathered here, us who are watching, us who are in the room. Lord, we cast everything to the side and our eyes are attuned to you. Lord, I pray that if there's somebody who needs to say the word, Jesus is Lord, that you would make it so clear that today is the day. That there would be this burning in their heart. There would be this overwhelming sense. Yes, Lord, you've given me the gift of faith. 
and I take that forward. Lord, if there's somebody in this room, I pray they would have the courage to come forward. And believe and trust that this is a gift, not of their own doing, but something that you want for them because you are a good God who gives us gifts. Lord, we pray for other people. We pray that this body of Christ may be a true body working together, pouring out your spirit on those of us gathered here. May we find our gifts, may we walk in them, may we live in them, and may we not think, oh, we're better than other people because we have this gift. But may we truly find a more excellent way, the way of love, the way of peace, the way of you. So Lord, we offer this time. We offer this place. We offer ourselves, Lord. Have your way in us. May your Holy Spirit descend on each of us in a unique way. May you speak truth and life, however that may be. Thank you for listening to the Mustang UMC podcast. Once again, our services are at 8.30 and 10.50 a.m. every Sunday morning, and we would love to see you there. For more information about the Mustang United Methodist Church, please visit us at mustangumc.org or email us at office at mustangumc.org. That is office at mustangumc.org. We hope you enjoyed.